your show's rubbish. Welcome to another instalment of your friends here at the D Trout Spinners podcast uh, with Miles and Gary. I am Miles Pennell. With me, Gary Forrester over there in Brightonland. Is it sunny where you are, mate? Oh, it's bo- bloody boiling. Bloody boiling. Is it? How do you cope in the hot weather? Are you someone that likes the uh, hot weather? Paracetamol, <laughs> which is good to cool you down. Um, I don't like it being this hot. No. I don't, I don't. It's too, it's too hot. But it's kind of, it's good in a way because we, we kind of, part, mainly still under lockdown for, we can't go out in the way we could. Hey. So it's actually because we've been out into pubs. Whenever we go to pub, it's either bloody freezing, like massively colder than for the time of year that it should be, or boiling hot. Remember we went out that time. It's so, yeah. and my eye was leaking. Yeah. I just had to keeps rubbing it oh god yeah that was not fun but so yeah i don't really like the hot weather but i got sunburn i got sunburn on my forehead and on my face and everywhere oh you have a bit you yeah. can't see it there but you can i can see and now it. now it's mars uh, looks like tony hadley <laughs> by the way this, this much is this much is true i can tell you that all right his hair is slick and long i um i'm starting to peel like a snake yeah, that's the thing. You know, you know, I, was thinking, I was thinking it'd be great, right? As a scientific idea, as a sort of Carl Pilkington idea, if you peeled, and then when you took all your skin off, you were like another person, right? Like a more attractive person than I am already. Where can I sign up for this? <laughs> Do you think that'd be a good idea though? Like when you molt your skin and what it comes. An idea. It's, quite, it's not an it's, idea. Yeah, well, um, I don't put, know how to do it. Put a baby it. in an oven and grow yeah. it. Well, technically, <laughs> you do. You do. You do. Sh- like, you are. You are a different person. Actually, interesting. I think it's every something like every two years we shed every single cell in our body. Every single cell is regenerated. So we're actually a completely different person. But we keep we keep the uh, the brain sort of so we're the same. Your age remains the same, unfortunately. My age will always be in the mid fifties until, <laughs> until I get there, in which case it's seventies. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's hot. It's too hot at the moment. Do you know what is a good tip, everyone? Aloe vera in the fridge, because that stuff is just so soothing when it touches your your body. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. I, when I was in Spain and I got sunburned massively, like an idiot, I went out, just got, my shoulders was the worst. There's actually aloe vera plants, that, like pure aloe vera, and you open it up and it's oh. like it's, it's in there. It's not the gel like it, we get here. But actually, it, it really stinks. Like it's not a nice fit, it's substance. When it's in the gel form that they sell, they make it smell nice. But yeah, it smells really bad, but it's so good. Yeah, I agree. Aloe vera, just rub it all over. Just rub it all over. Or get a friend to do it, whatever. Yeah. And you're listening to the sex cast? Oh, <laughs> um, well, you're not going to get any sex chat on this podcast, but what you we, are... We did yeah. last week. We did a little bit. Condoms. We did a little bit. You went down the condom route quite a lot. We are going to talk about the Ricky Gervais show, the XFM years, to 2005, a better time. A better a time. time, not better. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's a matter of perspective, isn't it? And today we're going to be looking at episode 21, 11th of January 2003. And uh, in this episode, Stephen has overheard some people slagging Ricky off in public. And Carl believes in ghosts of women seeing ghosts of some of themselves. Mm. That's I always, it. I always, I, I'm, I'm never sure like, how long you're going to go. Sir yeah. Gary. Can, can I speak, please? No. You meant- um, it actually also the other thing that's significant that I thought you'd put in that is this is the origin basically of monkey news. This is the, this is the original start of monkey news. Um, so it's kind of a quite a significant show for that reason as well. Well, it is. They they talk about the monkey boy, but it's not really like he wouldn't be a monkey, would he? He's just no, a, no, a lad who grows fur and no. hair. No, he was raised by monkeys, and that's where the monkey news comes in because he was no, raised by wolves. No, he's raised by monkeys in this one, right. not wolves. 
You did, did you even listen to the podcast? I did listen to it a couple of hours ago. It's, Do you know what I have found? I have found it is a totally different experience doing this show. I think I have said this before. Scrutinising these these episodes and trying to find like talking points around it is is a totally different experience to just listening to them. Yeah, absolutely. You kind of it does. It's inevitable that it takes some enjoyment out of it, but it is still. I always said to you at the beginning, like if ever our enjoyment goes from listening, yeah. from listening to the shows, I think we should stop. You know, and it ha- and it certainly hasn't yet. So don't worry one listener or two listeners that we've to. <laughs> like Miles's mum don't worry we're gonna she up. doesn't listen she doesn't listen but um what yeah. were you doing in the 11th of January 2003 ask every week Gary what were you doing I don't know I was probably a pl- I was probably had just finished working at John Lewis and uh I got I was hired as a Christmas temp and I was sacked yeah, I would sack you too. Most of the people were kept on, but I wasn't. Who were you? Or Chris, or Santa or one of his elves? Which one were you? No, I was, but I was working in the toy department. I was kind of, I was, I'd say I was Rudolph. Oh, with your little red nose. Little but red I, nose, fella. Dealing with mothers, and it's a, it's a stereotype, but it's true. Mothers, because there was this toy that came out that year and we ran out. Dealing with them... When telling them we have no toys left of that kind and there's nothing that they can do. We're not going to get any more. No, buzz, no more Buzz Lightyear's. We're not, yeah, they, that is the hardest. Uh, that's prepared me for the rest of my life because I've never had conversations as hard as that one since. My grandmother had to wrestle another grandmother for the last Furby when that came out. Right. And then I think it lasted for about 10 minutes. Your your grandmother is in WWE though, isn't she? Like, yeah, she is. She is. Yeah. She's one of the. She's she's kind of. She doesn't her down that. to the floor, got her in a headlock, and said, "Look, give me that shit. I want that little yellow thing." Yeah, that little yellow thing. <laughs> um, again, that's we could have. Uh, hello and welcome to little yellow thing. Yeah, that, again, that's the one we could have chosen. <laughs> what are your main takeaways from this episode? Let's let's um, let's extract some best bits. It's a really good one, I think. Overall, the the Agreed. cat story, the cat story is brilliant. The the I love Carl telling the story of the woman on the bike, which he mentioned in the intro. <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's, it's so ridiculous. It's the origin of monkey news. It's not a proper monkey news, but it's like the origin they started next week in the next few weeks. And I think it's kind of it's interesting. The dynamic has settled. It's, it's really formed in, and they're kind of they're, there's no love anymore. It's kind of almost it's just more antagonism. Whereas in the earlier episodes, there's kind of some love and some nice, nice things. Yeah. You know, they make nice comments, but here it's, it's not, they're not, you know, they're not evil to him, but they are antagonizing him. And it's, it's good. And I, I just, yeah, I've, I've just got, I'm just going to do this quote cause I've just seen it and it, it, it will probably be in your list of top quotes, but it's one of my favorites ever. But he get it caught in the wheels of his skateboard. True. <laughs> and it's just a great conversation. And I hate the thing they're talking about. It's not nice. It is. But not. they are talking about um Carl's little book of freaks, which does come up in uh, politics DVD. It does. It, it does. It does. Then, but, um, I love that. And they go, "Is it true that you carry that round with you, like you would a notebook, or you're yeah. that you would always be in a mood, just like if you want something to cheer you up, like like a little book of freaks." Yeah. Well, that's the thing about Carl. He's like, he's a simple person. He's not stupid, but he's simple. He he doesn't need complex stimulation. What what are your thoughts, mate? I, I'm with you. You know, I I think it's nice to hear them like really be more antagonistic and more. Um, they're very relaxed in each other's company, which is something I've noticed. Like we talked in a few episodes back about you know being friends with someone. And you can like fully relax, and you know that that comes ahead in this episode because they can like fully insult each other. Like they start off and they're slagging off Carl for taking time off. Go been been off again this week. No, oh, yeah, I, I have yeah. a, I one day off this week, and then that sort of that carries on, doesn't it? That's like um, a trope throughout the series. Then it's all about you know taking Mondays off, which is the same as he gets his yeah. girlfriend, which is. I actually wrote down. I actually wrote down because I I like I can't remember where it is, but I put so fucking rude like he took yeah he's allowed time off like he, he's got he's got a holiday card with the business like you know oh it's been off again this week no not and it is and Carl explains like no it's because I was working all over Christmas 
and he, Carl probably was work. Carl was in those shows where Ricky and Steve didn't bother doing it, and he did all the hi- the highlight shows. Mm. He did all that, and yeah, it's like I, I'm not I'm not criticizing Ricky because it's funny. It's funny how but he like, knows he knows which buttons to press on Carl. He knows yeah, that that's, that's yeah. a touch point. It, but, he would be pissed off at that. But, but when you yeah, but when you think when you actually sit down and think about it, think of how rude that is. Yeah, he's had a few days off. Ricky only works one day a week for two hours for the station. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, I think you it's, do have to choose your words carefully with like those friends, you know, people who do get offended easily. But clearly, Carl isn't the sort of person that would. He's quite happy to take it onto the on the chin and then give it a bit back, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Look, I'm not. I'm not saying that him saying that to Carl would particularly cause Carl that much bother. And Carl wasn't actually that bothered. He just said, No, no, no. I, I was working all over Christmas, but. It just just purely on the ba- forget Carl's reaction. Yeah, Carl, no, I know what you're saying. Carl doesn't really react to to to. to Carl reacts to weird things. Like Carl doesn't react to things that normal people react to. Like he hardly ever laughs at a funny moment in the show, which is not a normal way to react. He doesn't react that much when Ricky slags him off, except the episode which <laughs> gets you know the infamous episode with the. It's also funny, but because like when we talked to Andrew Phillips, great episode by the way, go do check in the Detroit Spinners back catalogue. By you know Andrew said you know Carl was the hardest worker, like he would he'd really put in the hours. But you imagine like completely believe. Yeah, like, but but then you compare that to Ricky's work ethic and they obviously did produce some amazing shows which would have taken you know they say it took what six months to write an episode of the office oh yeah yeah like another example is when ricky says like um carl's like oh yeah i was in a in a eight oh yeah a lot of people get an eight get get (laughs) six seven o'clock a lot of people get home at six well ricky doesn't ricky doesn't start filming till like (laughs) midday and then he eats a Thai curry and, and, <laughs> and wraps up like a saint. Now I will say this: Ricky comes across deliberately like someone with a shit work ethic, but I, I'm absolutely certain his work ethic actually is very, very strong. But there are certain things he won't do, like he doesn't like getting up early. He comes across as very lazy, whereas Carl does so much. And it's just it, it just think about it. it's so rude to just say, Oh, I've been off again this week like telling the audience like so what he, they he's don't need to know time. that. They don't need to know that as well. <laughs> I know, it's just funny. Yeah, it's kind of uh In in this episode they um they go, Do you remember the first time you saw Steve? Yeah. I reckon yeah, no, I love that. This, is, this is one of the first times when they start to really that animosity between Steve and Carl. You know that that is starting to develop now, and Ricky has has you know figured this out, and he's the biggest he's the biggest star in the world. I'll just say this though, I do I agree it's developing between Steve and Carl, but in the first series, Carl says something that like this is kind of it's a joke, it's for a laugh. Like he says something so horrible to Steve, it's just horrible on the face of it. Like it really is it's out of character for Carl for the whole rest of the series because when he slags off steve like could be your brother you know things like that it's always to get a laugh you know and it's always funny but i think he just said oh why are you having to go at me you're the one who's sad and lonely yeah but that so actually it was kind of worse then but i think their relationship actually is better here i think carl knew ricky ricky was talking about ricky and carl were talking about uh i can't remember what it was but basically carl says when you first see something it's like dot 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 now i think he knew he knew that he was inviting ricky i i think he knew and then then you get used to how people look and actually i've i've wrote i've wrote the sounds well this back see what you think listeners but <laughs> i think that is the happiest laugh ricky has ever done that i've heard it's not the loudest it's not the most prominent but i think that is the happiest laugh he's ever done like he engineered that situation perfectly like strategically kind of got Carl to say what he, exactly what he wanted. And if you listen back, he is so happy in that laugh. Happy yeah. in his laughs. I, I, I just, I love that. It's a, it's a kind of a classic iconic moment, I think. And again, there's more than one of those in this show because so I think all listeners will like the, uh, the dog story, the dog and the wig. I always, I always feel a little bit depressed when he is talking about the cat, which is, why didn't she get a dry wipe cap? Why didn't she varnish it? 
it, again it's 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 potential it's fodder for a name you know we could have we could have got a name for the show out of shaving your cows that's something around though but yeah it's a class it's like an iconic story that i think if you meet someone who's kind of got a bit of an interest in the show i think they'll probably will have heard they'll be aware of the shaving the yeah cow like whereas you can't say that for some episodes they're just a bit of light animal abuse <laughs> yeah no yeah well no i'd never condone that and neither would ricky but i mean shaving a cat isn't necessarily abusing it it is just it's just it's so funny like and it, and it's funny how i love ricky's laugh in that because i kind of laugh in the same way when i hear it because he suddenly real like he says oh this is easier to clean and you think about that for a few seconds and you think, how mental is that? You just shave the cat so it's easier to clean. And it just kind of sets in. Get a Persian so, cat. Yeah. His laugh kind of, he, he laughs sort of after the event, which I kind of laugh like in that. So but, it's cold, um, sick and hated. Cold, sick and hated. I, I came for the show. It. Yeah. <laughs> I just like the way that Carl um, talks about it so flippantly. So like, we just get through them like they're bloody like packers of crisps. Yeah, five, I think. <laughs> how many cats How many cats did he get through? How many ca- cats, like, faced a similar... To be honest, I don't tune. think that. I think his is probably exaggerating. Like, they I have a good time got... whilst they're there, but they get through them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we, when we were growing up, we had a cat, and uh, it was called Wally, and I loved it. My brother ate his cat food. What? Like, my brother, I don't know, he was he was very young. I mean, it and explains a lot. I mean... Then, But then my mum sort of said... Oh no, she just like developed an allergy to, and she's like, so we had to get rid of the cat, and so she's like, we can't have a cat or a dog. Twenty years later, she's got a dog and married to a woman. Yeah. So and so things so things change. Is the yeah, word. and your brother's still eating whiskers out of a tin. Yeah. So yeah, I think they got through three or four probably. Oh. Imagine. Steve does say a little bit of a naughty thing though. He goes, "What were they doing? Running a restaurant?" My granddad once said, he had this story about, he's, he's Polish, my granddad, and he was telling the story about, um, he was great, he's great at telling the story, so my, my storytelling is going to like really pale in comparison. And um, he's talking about, he was going to this restaurant, this Chinese restaurant, and everyone was eating happily, and then he went to the toilet, and he said, and there was all these bloody cats in cages. Really? Yeah. What, is that in Poland, or? I think it was in the UK. Oh, bloody hell. In the, in the bathroom. Toilet. <laughs> Always keep your caged cats in the kitchen. <laughs> I live and die by that. Yeah, that's oh, that's disgusting. Another another great part of the show. One one of the sort of features which is a it's a short lived feature and it's not the most interesting except this episode. And that's do we need them? This is the best. Do we need them? Oh, I've never been a fan a of do way. we need, but it's it, it's the best one. Oh, by a long way. And it's just. It gets so annoyed. And I love what Ricky says, like, after. We, I could wait till my favourite quotes, but I'll say, no. What did he think he was doing? Which is a great thing to say. He didn't say, oh, God, he's getting so annoyed. Actually, if you sit down and think about it, like, what did he think he was doing? Like, what man rings up and asks these questions? Like, Carl probably said he's doing some research or something, but who would ask those questions of, of someone who works in a <laughs> We're looking at animals, and if we need them, just, just digest that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what? I one thing I do think. Though, like it was gonna happen. <laughs> like it was an actual I thing. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. Like uh, one thing I do think though is that I think Carl edits some of that call and he adds bits in because at one point he said, "Yeah, bet you're glad you answered the phone today." <laughs> yeah, now there's no way, and it's just there's just silence. There's no way that guy, with the way he reacted to everything else would not react to that like so i think carl added that in for i don't know I, to, to be fun no look carl's a funny guy he he added that in afters clearly there's no way that man was silent when he said well that. the film the, the when when he's when he does the what's the film like they're really really well done yeah he's a great editor and i think he could have easily edited edited that and I, i'm sure he did the more i've often wondered that but the more i listen to it the more i think to myself yeah he he definitely put that in in the edit because there's no way that guy would have just said nothing and just moved on. But <laughs> there's there's also a bit where Steve's talking about um, overhearing what someone's saying about Ricky yeah. in public in a restaurant. Yeah, keep saying restaurant. There we go. Keep said that last. And they said the thing about Ricky Gervais is he's just like the character 
that he portrays in the office and this is obviously a theme of of our show as well you know the the sort of old versus new ricky and how much like david brent is he mm. and this was quite early in his career so yeah and i think he he like like steve reads out emails where people are calling him a c-u-n-t he literally doesn't care at all but he does care when he hears that people say he's like david brent he really doesn't like that now i think during during those days the, literally the one difference you have to put between david brent and ricky gervais is self-awareness you don't even need to say oh ricky's actually much funnier than david brent because you just add the self-awareness and you become funnier you become become everything so i think they were definitely separate people there but the thing is ricky in interviews used to act like david brent and that's why people yeah. perception but nowadays i think he's probably a bit more like david brent because i think the the self-awareness is not gone but reduced mm. yeah he seems to be much more like sincere yeah and he really doesn't like being told that that person thought he was just like it's you know, funny isn't it because like, i always think that i think brits have quite a self-deprecating sense of humor and i always like that about you know i don't feel proud of this country for many things but yeah. comedy comedy and music are the two sort of cornerstones for me and i think um yeah. i'm particularly I, I like i loved like deadpan and sort of um black comedy and and like self-deprecation like, i think i think it's great yeah and, and ricky can't really do that anymore he's just he does have this sort of um he does think like think he's like sort of greatness about him he can do it now he's just not as good at it i think to say that he can't do that now and can't be deadpan and and can't be funny now is just not that's a way overdoing it because i've seen i see some bits of interviews and things i'm not what i'm not saying is i think ricky is anywhere near as funny now i don't but he he still has something about him that can be very funny in interviews but we just see it less and less and it, yeah. it, it is sad and that comment is quite profound really that that steve heard overheard them saying because yeah he is like the characters he plays far more now than he used to be but back then i i don't i don't think he was but you just add you literally take david brent exactly how he is and add self-awareness and you get ricky gervais mm self-awareness is the key difference and that's what he's lacking now I think. I think what a lot of people liked about afterlife and there are sort of shades of autobiographical sort of reference in there because yeah it's about losing your wife so what would you do if if he lost jane that's i think that's actually at the core of of afterlife from what i've seen of it you yeah know, what would your life be so it is it's still doing the same thing that he's always done which is right about what you know in the same way that carl does sick of it like talking about the voice in his head and the daft things yeah. they say that's exactly the same to what he's he's always done like that's yeah. no different the difference is now it's personified as a doppelganger that's yeah. that's the only difference you know so i don't know it's, it's i suppose it's just that thing like um you do become more serious don't you when you get older i mean well, uh, but that's the thing ricky that's the thing even during these times ricky was 40 at the beginning of his, the major part of his career i know he had bits of career in his 30s but he was 40 at the beginning like steve and carl were like mid-20s and everything and but it's i don't think it's because he's got older i just think as he's become more and more successful and he's become a bit more preachy and or a lot more preachy because people i think he loves to be taken seriously now he got his body in shape he loves to his body yeah. now like i saw a photo of him it was like shaded so like in, in shadow so it makes people look bigger anyway but or more muscly he was ripped like this was a few years ago and like, he's a vegetarian he, now isn't he or, or, or well, i don't know i didn't know i don't it's just it's funny when you 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 compare it to the ricky from xfm and obviously it's nostalgia isn't it you know the ricky gervais that we know that only eats sausage beans and chips yeah <laughs> you know? i know that oh i i totally believe that his, his idea of a salad is you know a couple of what does he say like, no, it's, 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 i don't know about it but he's like um so, so, the good thing about a lump of cheddar cheese is you don't have to have, don't have, to have any dressing on it I believe, I completely believe that that element of him is still the same. And to be fair to him, like one thing I think 
I, I know this sounds a strange thing to say to give him credit for, because you mentioned Jane, and basically he's one of the most famous people in the world. That's just true. Like so many marriages of famous people break down because the man usually has an affair because he's literally bombarded and bombarded with women. Now, I know Ricky doesn't go to those parties, but he must have been propositioned so many times. And I'm not saying you should give credit to not cheating, but I, I just think it's... I it's, think it's exactly it's, what you're saying. It is a credit. No, I'm saying it's a credit <laughs> to him that he's still with Jane. And I think... So, I, look, I don't... It's not a black and white thing. Actually, you mentioned Afterlife. Again, like, we both watched it. We both didn't really like it. Every single person who's commented to me on our, about Afterlife has loved it. People yeah, whose same. comedy opinions I respect, people whose comedy opinions are different to mine. Like my dad, who's very close on comedy to, to what I am, he loved it. My mum, my ex-girlfriend. This is just a tragic ex, list yeah. of yeah, ex, <laughs> ex-friend. I don't even know. XFM. XFM in the community. That's coming up later. Um, but yeah, uh, it's 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 weird. I I don't. I wonder if we're too biased to kind of get into something like Afterlife. I I, I don't know. But it's. I think the reason the reason we're so like down on Ricky a lot is because of how much we loved him. If you didn't love him as much as we did during that period and looking back to that period, I don't think you would be as bothered about whatever he does like it's just you just take it on face value but we can't take anything he does on face value because we're always taking it on the value of what he was and what he meant to us during xfm and the office you know those key things and yeah extras is okay but those key things like we loved him so much that we're so we're kind of we we're more down on him now yeah no that's true in the episode another big thing that i like is um white van man white van carl oh yeah very good so what i've done gary is and this is a feature that we actually used to do in our old radio days i asked you the questions didn't you i did now very i'm going to ask you and get the sort of the man on the street gary forrester i mean you're not the standard man of the street i, I will be on the street soon probably yeah. <laughs> to buy some more wine um but i thought i would ask you you the white van man doesn't it doesn't exist anymore but what does exist is the sun runs um Great, great paper, great paper for you bought the sun. <laughs> I did. It. I went online, and um, this is dear Deirdre. So I thought I'd ask you a dear Deirdre question. One. Listeners, if you've got any problems you want Gary to solve, do do let us know. Yeah. Sort it out. So unlucky in love. I thought isolated with my girlfriend would improve sex. It's actually made it worse. Dear, dear Gary. Sorry, sorry hang on. When are you going to start the dear Deirdre bit? It started. You're just talking to me now about your life. Dear Gary, I chose to move in with my girlfriend for lockdown, hoping it would bring us closer. But it has had the opposite effect. I'm 29 and she's 30. Our sex life was almost non-existent before the pandemic struck because she was suffering from anxiety. So I thought she would find my presence a comfort. Before I moved in, she would make the effort to kiss me every day when we were together. But now she shows me no affection whatsoever and we have no real sex life. If she's feeling turned on, she just wants me to do oral and pleasure her. When she's done, she then returns back to sleep and I don't get anything at all in return. It's got to the point where I'm not allowed to touch her unless she says. Otherwise, she turns moody and starts shouting. I've given up everything for this for, for her during this stressful time and I'm now starting to regret it. Gary, what do you say to this poor uh, anonymous listener who is anonymous? Well, first of all, it sounds like a great life. But... Um... <laughs> And no, um, actually, that's kind of a problem in a lot of relationships. In all seriousness, like that, that is a problem. I've I've had that, and it's like, have you? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to? Talk, is that something you want to talk about with the therapist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, what you don't know, listeners, is this actually doubles as my therapy. <laughs> so it's is to yeah. I would just. Uh, it sounds like it, it. Things have gone a bit stale, and actually. I, I know we joke about it. I genuinely am happy being single. And it's stories like that that kind of make me think, yeah, yeah, that just, it doesn't always happen, but it often happens. And I am so glad I've been single for, for during lockdown because even with girlfriends I've really liked and they've liked me, apparently. Really? Uh, yeah. Like I would still find it really difficult in lockdown with someone. So. I can't even imagine you in lockdown with anyone. That would not last long. Dear Deirdre, 
I've been alone. Well, I for... stayed at your flat and you and you had a you moaned about that. I'm not even going to get into this because actually I didn't I I don't like in general I'm kind of a bit kind of yeah I like my own space. No, I go out and see people. I just like my own space. But Mars has stayed a few times and each time I I probably give him a little, yeah a little bit too much a bit of stick but yes yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bit part of the fun mate I isn't love it? that dressing gown that was better it was a better than a blanket in many ways oh yeah I, I didn't have a blanket or a sheet or a bed or a or a or a mattress for him <laughs> or a floor I have a floor so best night best night of sleep of my night <laughs> best, best night of yeah. my life he, he, and and the thing is Mars wouldn't let me touch him unless I yeah. he asked me to anyway yeah Mars has stayed over at mine I'm a very generous guy let's move on <laughs> but basically um uh dave oh sorry i shouldn't have said your name alan no whoever it is that wrote into dear deirdre i think you're 29 she's 30 or the other way around just think really do you want this for 40 years or 50 years even or not and if you don't it's a hard decision but i'd leave the relationship because you know you've got to think about that like 50 years you've got left of your life it may be longer or less maybe maybe longer but yeah i mean you know she's not doing anything wrong he's not doing anything wrong but got a bit serious this but i wanted to answer it in a serious way i prefer the comedy answer yeah i know well i did give a bit of that but but i'll tell my i'll forward all that information on to my girlfriend and it'll be fine basically that wasn't a dear deirdre that was miles it's not true other than the age, age similarities yeah. of a very um, healthy relationship <laughs> uh, yeah okay. would you saw your bed in half oh um what now i like carl's point where he says the thing some things that are just right like the size of a bed yeah the sex tips as i like <laughs> actually think about if you're steve like no bed would be the right size but yeah of course cut eight eight inches off yeah it's gonna gonna make a huge difference and i like what ricky says like what about the springs and everything like how did it work like you couldn't have what a stupid thing to do you just buy cupboards that fit you can't saw your bed around the cupboards oh he did i know <laughs> um oh that reminds well, also, me wouldn't because because the as you as you rolled onto one side this the the foam would have just rolled out wouldn't it so yeah. it would have had a, a dip if, towards if the end of it. Not all, you know, the sp- whatever was in there, springs, foam, duck down, because that's in, in some mattresses. Right. But basically, e- even I'm single, by the way. I'm yeah, not, you've mentioned it a couple of times. This isn't, this isn't an advert for someone, but if you are interested. Uh, <laughs> no, but I was When I moved into my flat, I had a choice of a small double or a, or a large or a normal size double. And I got a normal size double. There is almost no space in the bedroom left. But I'm really glad I've got a normal size double because even as a, even just a one. And yeah, occasionally I've been here eight years, so occasionally there's been other people stay around. Yeah. But um, so your mum came, doesn't she, with with her she, girlfriend? She, she no uh, wife. Oh well, even better so, in a way. But, oh, I just want to tell the listeners, right? I <laughs> bought Amazon a slide whistle to. to oh yeah, you did. I I. I honestly amazon has been the most reliable thing i've ever used it, it didn't come yesterday it was prime it was due yesterday i got a note saying oh we attempted delivery there was no attempt at delivery and so i don't have it but i, I was gonna do i was gonna play the whistle along and birthday present what did you get i got online because i was so terrified that obviously shops haven't been open and i was like i was panicking what to do because i was running out of pants so i bought myself a pack of four pants pants, and a pack of no (laughs) (laughs) as does own the next and uh a pack of a pack of five t-shirts one of which i'm wearing today it looks lovely on you it was the colors these were the colors of t-shirt white white gray gray black those are your best colors you look great in the shade of gray my eyes my sharp eyes go with it patches mate yeah so have i got sweat patches on are you all right oh you do a little bit 
Well, yeah, but it's, it's sweaty yeah, weather. Exactly. But, there's, um, some road wo- there's some roadworks ha- happening outside. That's why I have to close all the windows. I'm absolutely sweltering here. And you can see where my hair. Yeah, his red ah. face. Well, they're just a lobster man with a mane. Lobster well, you, you, it's, it's not it's not um, comic relief yet. Why have, yeah. why have you got a red face? Are you excited about um, pubs again? We can go to pubs again, me and you. Yeah. We're but... in pubs again. Well, I'll just I'll, I'll say this. Uh, so it, it's not what we need to see because they're going to be very different and very different queues up outside and also we're going to have to get to one another we're going to have let's to let's go let's go on a monday at 12 p.m yeah exactly that's <laughs> what I feel. no one else is going yeah that's what we're gonna have to do but um yeah it's good it's gonna but... be pretty stressful though isn't it going to a pub now it's not yeah. gonna be the same because the good the, there are a lot of advantages to skype to to podcasting over skype like when i come to london we go to a pub and i then have to travel back is some of the loneliest most tragic <laughs> moments of my life because not not lonely but I, when i have to get three tube trains and then a big train back to brighton i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie now i'm gonna be straight with you a bit drunk um <laughs> it is it is tragic like whereas now i i'm in my flat i'm as soon as we start recording i'm magically home you know I'm so i'm gonna go for a lovely nap yeah, I do go for naps. Now. I, I tell you what, I mean, I'm glad because I uh, don't have to get drunk and end up in like A and E. Yeah, <laughs> worse, worse like Winchester or somewhere like that. It's worse than A and E. I literally woke up in St Albans that one yeah. time. I, I know. The good thing for me is that Brighton, obviously, being a, a if you're not from London, uh, if you're not from England or Britain, it's a it's a seaside so it's right on the south so there are no stops after brighton so i cannot like unless i slip fall asleep whilst the cleaners come and clean it and then it goes back the other direction i can't fall asleep <laughs> and, and miss my stop whereas Michael's <laughs> absolutely can like he's he's in some random middle of the middle of the london i know i know well i think it's time for some favorite quotes is it t- is it time for some it's favorite, time for favorite quotes Gaga, Africa. Yes, you slug I'm going to start off because in 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 homage because he hasn't been he hasn't been on the show as they mentioned for a couple of weeks but our mate diddler your little diddler <laughs> the thing I like about that is Ricky's so like he's so creative like diddler your little diddler is so far away from Richard Anderson but that's where he's got like because dick diggy like it just it's just funny because it's so not anything like Richard Anderson but that's what he's calling him there was a fella who uh who had hiccups for 69 years thought that was pretty annoying <laughs> just what just that was news yeah that was like that was annoying. annoying yeah it's like well then ricky just goes yeah <laughs> so disappointed yeah yeah i know because it's just it's just yeah. stop wasting money not wasting cats that's We've a good one that, but yeah it's not weird it's incompetent it's not weird. It's incompetent. It's weird, it's, isn't it? It's true. Forgetting, forgetting your own rock plastic. <laughs> like, like for Carl, weird is synonymous with almost with a lot of other emotions. Like, yeah. Carl, right, every, a lot of it. Um, rather than a guy who calls himself Mr. Pickles. Because Mr. I was going to say that would be a good name for um, either a comedy character or this show. A guy who calls himself Mr. Pickles. Oh, it's a bit, it's a bit convoluted. A bit. A bit um, it's a big video. It's a big stiff cock of a video. Yeah. Oh, I meant the bird. And uh, the thing I think about that is like, think about it. Imagine like they got an upheld complaint about saying cock and their defense, like their genuine defense at the time to the radio party would have been, we meant the bird. If if that had happened to most presenters, they would never, they would be so careful about like saying cock at all. And especially bringing up the fact they had a complaint. Rupees like, they take the piss out of it. Yeah. Oh, I meant the bird. Big stiff cock of a video. Like you can't get more direct than that. No, it's not no. big, with cock it's it's kind of and i'm not by the way i'm not saying oh it's offensive i don't want to hear it i you know i like it it fits in with the show it's, it's a bit of cock. Funny. and it's funny how direct ricky uses it it's just funny that they had an upheld complaint about saying cock yet almost most episodes they take the piss not only they not only do they say cock but they take the piss out of that complaint yeah I'm so lucky not to get another complaint um was that xfm news mm. i think that's one of our favorites isn't it mm. yeah I've certainly seen the tube, the toilet tubing. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I've, we've already mentioned this, but 
what did he think he was doing? <laughs> I just love that song. What did he think he was doing? Well, actually, to to sort of bookend that one, again, something that me and you say to each other a lot. Well, they yeah. ask some advice, I'm giving it to them. Yeah, we do say that a lot. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You, in fact, you, Mars went through a period of literally almost everything I said to him, he would say, you asked my advice, I'm giving it to you. <laughs> like, it, well, it, you it, can relate. No, I know, it's funny. We said but... before, you can relate every situation in life to an XFM quote. Almost Fact. every situation. Fact. Um, okay, I was going to put this in. Oh, this is just funny. The whole story is funny, but we should go get on our bike, go find ourselves when we're little and go... <laughs> what are you doing that? that? I've got a good Ricky Slur coming up, but this one's good too. Well, that was another barnstorming feature from Carl Pilkington. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very good. Oh, yeah, I've got one more, actually. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. Just it's not that. weird. It's incompetent. Yeah. No, no. That's it. Yeah, that's just I just like that. It's a bit weird, isn't it? I did my favourite one, but I'll do it again. I did it. Just, but you get it caught in the wheels of a skateboard. <laughs> it makes me laugh. I think you're gonna like my my sort of top two. So I've got Shrove Tuesday Island. Yeah. Which always makes me laugh. Just they're trying to wrap up the show and Ricky's speeding him up. Carl doesn't want to go into it anymore. Because he, he can't, because he can't. He's yeah. just but, actually, have you ever thought to yourself, because I thought this when I was listening yesterday to the show, I'd love to have heard that egg story. What do they do on that island? Because he doesn't finish the story, he just says, oh, fuck it, fuck it, forget it. I've I'll heard just... something about it, but I, I, not enough that I, I would be able to deliver. I, I've heard something about it from Carl, but... <laughs> Western Island shoes. My top one. I, I, I've really got to take a run up to try and get over this one. <laughs> if we had the same stringent checks on donkeys as we did on international flights, maybe a little less deaths. Yeah, that you'd said that very well because it, it's like it's so hard to do that thing Ricky does where he did almost deliberately kind of stumbles over words. You did it well, so yeah, very good <laughs> And I, actually, this this again, this episode. I've always said, even in the not so good episodes, we, we can always find six, seven, eight, nine, ten quotes, you know, that are funny. But these ones, I wouldn't say there's more than usual, but the ones there are are, are of a better standard. Of a high quality. Yeah. And if you have any of your favourite quotes, do uh, tweet us at trout underscore DE. Gary set that up. Blame him. And also trout dot DE at gmail.com. Please do email us. We love getting your emails. Love read them out. And they can they get your Instagram. Don't you usually give that oh, out? Yeah, you can do that as well. At Duchess underscore Purnell. He's a bit of a weirdo and arrogant as well. Um <laughs> And, and but that leads us that leads us quite nicely onto XFM in the community. XFM and in the community. We, we, we got um we we had some feedback this week, but we we've had a particularly I haven't I haven't read it I don't know what's in it, but a very long uh, email, uh, but a very good one by all accounts from Yusuf. So we're just going to focus on that today, and then next week we'll do a bunch of others. So yeah, Yusuf, thank you so much for getting in touch, and th- we've been keeping this one on ice uh specifically only because of the length but we want to do it justice so here is myers and gary doing your email justice so i don't know you sound like i don't know you sound like um that one on loose women or anyone i don't know you're like Like on loose women i'd have made it you're a bit sensual but not sexual just just do it in your own voice and do it you know we'll do you do it justice here we go Hi, boys. Uh, Just to say on series zero that they are certainly worth a listen, in my view. They're chaotic and incredibly amateurish, with the two of them moving from topic to topic in an unconnected, scattergun kind of way. Gervais, in particular, is almost speaking in stream of consciousness at times. It's really quite shoddy and far more risque. I agree with Gary that they're more that they're not side splittingly hilarious. But what I think is important about them, although it is a bit odd, is that they serve as a documentary evidence of the partnership's angry young men phase. It's difficult to believe that the predictable and anodyne Ricky of today started out as this bloke calling people out of the blue, giggling down the line and trying to get them to agree on air to pour beer all over him as part of a weird sex ritual. (laughs) They were both just raw talent and it's intriguing as as I think it gives you an idea of how an important a role someone like Ash Atler and Anil Gupta probably played on the development and refining of The Office, or even of how much structure a decent producer like Carl added later at XFM. 
The reason it's odd is that unlike with the later shows, when they returned to XFM post office, this was their full time job. And they really did have something to lose by mucking about too much. You'd never know it from the way they behave, though. And I think they ultimately get get the boot. Showing absolutely no regard for authority is not an uncommon character trait in great artists, though. Would be an interesting one to get Andrew Phillips thoughts on about how they were sacked and then asked to come back. Sorry. Uh, interesting to hear Miles's enthusiasm for them, given what they said about the 2002 show dating. As I find some of the stuff in series zero incredibly dated. It goes back to 97, 98. So competitions are entered through the post. They're talking about the Spice Girls and Lady Di, etc. Definitely worth listening to. And I'd love to hear you guys cover them at some point. And I can assure you, uh, Yosef, when when we have you know, a couple of years down the line, <laughs> when we have done all of these. Yeah. Is that is that the end of Yosef's email? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Yosef. Yeah. Um, as ever, you have this ability to trigger reflection on my part. Like you, you what you say is always it's always interesting and, and you always approach things in a slightly different way as to how I'd approached it. So. Thank you again. And yeah, um, it, I, I do agree with you. Like, I, I know so I'm not eloquent fan. as well. So eloquent. I love so those. Eloquent. <laughs> Something so far better than what we could do. It, this is going to, yeah, it'll, it'll be uh, Yusuf and Miles <laughs> next week. <laughs> um, no, um, I, I, I do agree with you definitely that when I say they're not hilariously funny like the podcasts, the, the, the later series are, they can't they have something else they have something different to that an incredible level of amateurishness i mean actually and this this is a credit to carl like again we don't give him enough credit for this and you mentioned it at the show andrew said it as well but the the difference the the only thing stopping all of the series from being as unbelievably amateurish as series zero and i agree being amateurish by the way has a lot of it, it's, it's an interesting thing like i like to listen to it like mm. i i'm not criticizing that um particularly um but it's carl carl stopped carl can you imagine the show about carl not just like what we'd lose because we lose carl but can you imagine how shoddy it would be like yeah. in the whole no. two years they come up with about one or two features carl does everything carl does so much for that show and i do well, appreciate there was never an interest of theirs you know steve always says like he always wanted to get into radio whereas that was clearly never part of ricky's plan you know he just wanted i don't know what he wanted actually it's it'll be interesting to know what ricky's you know because i, I think ricky would have just he would have just carried on just being funny and just like done whatever job i think yeah 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 i i think yeah, I often wonder that, you know, what would have happened if he didn't get his break or didn't, you know, go into... What would, have, what would, what would have happened, Gary, if you'd never found this podcast? <laughs> yeah, what would have Well, it's, it's interesting. Right now, I'd be sitting exactly where I'm sitting, mate, but just with a with a, with a a wide in my hand instead of a... Rocking beer. back and forth, thinking yeah. about what you're going to do in life. Yeah, what are, you, what are you doing? Be careful what you do in life. That's what I, I need. I need my former self to come and tell me to be careful what to do in life. But, um, yeah... <laughs> It, it's, it's you know it's an interesting point what what would he have done but I think you, you're right as Steve and see Steve says it like I really wanted a career in radio and we're kind of messing this up but he's kind of half joking but because by then they they were big they had a huge thing to their name which was the Office series one and and yeah with Ricky I think I think he probably did want to do radio I think probably Ricky was stoked for doing radio the first time because it's a perfect outlet for Ricky. It's just perfect outlet for him. But clearly he doesn't see himself as a radio DJ. He doesn't want to be a radio because he does so many other things. I, I I think from what I've heard of Series Zero, they they really enjoyed that. And they and they are quite me like Ricky is quite mm. mean to Steve. Like genuinely yeah, so cruel at those stages. Like, and you just think I do feel sorry for Steve because again, when Carl first came in, Carl was really harsh, to, as we, as I was saying earlier. Like, well, but, at one point in those series zero ones, they get like listeners um to email in like date and profiles to try and set him up with Steve, and then they get a they get a man to to to, to call in. And it's all very funny, and then you know Yosef's right. They get um 
he tries to sell beer. He tries to get this guy to come over to Ricky's house just to pick up a fork, a fork crate of beer. Just yeah. for and of course, you do hear those lovely um, bits with him and his mum, which I just yeah. being some being someone that is close to his mum as well. I just I love the fact that but you know he, he was clear, <laughs> but he was proud of being a radio and he wanted his mum to share that that pride, you know. And can you imagine? You yeah. Know, but I, I think, you know, I, it's, it seems to me like a lot of Ricky's sense of humour came through his mum. Like, yeah, definitely. I, I, I don't know. I think his dad died quite early, so I don't I don't know. They reference his dad in this episode, it, don't they? Yeah, they reference his dad, his roll-ups in bed, and it, it vacuums out. And that's actually a really sweet story. We didn't mention it, but it's just quite sweet that he remembers that about his dad. But, you know, his, his, his mum's laugh, like, is kind of... Yeah, that... very, very, <laughs> But again, it's, it's very Doc Cotton, isn't it? It's very yeah. like <laughs> I mean, Doc Cotton doesn't laugh that much. But yeah, if she did, it would sound like that. But um, yeah, I just I think Ricky gets his sense of humour from his mum and probably his brothers as well. And they, they were just always they were just always kind of, a, I guess, a funny family. And in series zero, my God, there's no they haven't even done the office. So there's no he he's still arrogant, Ricky. But there's no there's no like. In series zero, yeah, I, I think Yusuf made this point. Like, it's more urgent. It's more everything they do has a higher, higher jeopardy on it because if they get fired, that is their job. Like, and again, I Yusuf, Yusuf made this point. Like, it's interesting. If they got got fired from XFM series during series two, it wouldn't have mattered the slight. They would have been disappointed, but it wouldn't have mattered the slightest bit financially. Not the slightest bit to either of them. They'd had a huge two, two series of The Office by then. Series zero, you're really hearing them for how they how they are. It's very natural, but there's a higher jeopardy on it, and that makes it more interesting mm. in that in that respect. Because it's like everything they do when they're naughty, you think, my God, I can understand you being naughty when the radio show doesn't make any difference to your financial situation, hardly any difference at all. But when when it's it is your job yeah it's it's oh absolutely they're, they're, they're so daring but they're saying what what a great like role model for people living their lives generally and whatever work you do and this is something that i've tried to employ in my sort of work you know career is just just to try and have fun and be as playful as you can because i i think that's a really nice m- motto to live by and like model to live by you know yeah i like i like i like that about them you know the fact they don't take themselves too seriously they have a laugh on whatever they do and you know they probably won't bother if anyone was listening they'll definitely not bothered at all at yeah, that point I mean, they're, they're probably a bit bothered in the early days just because they want to keep the show and they want the figures to be good and it, it kind of is their only exposure i, I can assure you steve would have would have got more to lose at this point than he does yeah, but, but they both have stuff to lose because they both yeah. don't. ricky had to stun the 11 o'clock show so he he had done a bit of telling but, yeah. but um Again, yeah, you're right about having fun and the way I would summarise it. And I've always said this, always said this to you from the beginning of our issue. And I got it from Ricky. Ricky never says it, but it's just I'd always noticed this from, from Ricky. But so I've always said to, about us as well, never chase an audience. Never, never. Well, that's true enough for this, yeah, for this we, show. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't got one. But no, never like. I wouldn't I wouldn't change who you are, what you think or the way that you would come across just to get an audience. And I I, I, I really respect that from Ricky. And yeah. I think these days he probably does chase an audience a bit too much. But to be honest, in terms of his career, we have to say he has absolutely earned the right to do whatever he, whatever okay. series. But he's totally earned that right. So anyway, but that's a nice point to leave it. And I, I think... Um, Yusuf, uh, a lovely email, and um, thank you. Keep keep getting in touch, and always your emails make me make me think, and that's a, that's the highest compliment I think I could pay to it. <laughs> that was very well timed, wasn't it? Uh, what was that? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Gary, um, we we started it a couple of weeks. Um, we are going to wrap up sh- shortly because I, I'm sick of talking to you. We did okay. equality. Uh, in a feature in a new feature that i'm going to call equality street right Mm. we were talking a a few weeks ago about giving up our seats our priority seats to people less fortunate than ourselves right i'm 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 what you would call 
apprehensive at this point. Okay, but, cool. So you're sitting on every week. You're gonna well, not every week when I can be bothered. You're sitting on a train now in a priority seat, right? It's absolutely packed. You can't move for toffee. Mm-hmm. You got six hours left to go on this train. In the corner of your eye, you see a Native American Indian eating a prawn cracker. Do you get up your seat? Do you, do you leave it for him? Um, he's 60 as well. Okay. With a limp as well. He's got a limp. Uh, yeah, but but what he's got that I don't have is a prawn cracker. And I think that puts him at an advantage to me. Um, no, listen, I, I'm always going to say the same in this. Yes, I would give up my seat. What do you expect me to say? <laughs> no. Like, uh, anyway... Yeah, and the prawn cracker was the prawn cracker was uh, that was the selling point for you, wasn't That's it? That's point. It's good. It's good. I would say if you have any suggestions in the audience <laughs> as to a scenario that I could give up my seat or not, whereas I can assure you, I'm always going to say yes, I would give up my seat because I don't want to come across as a, as a and, and I and I would probably give up my seat. So, but yeah, get in touch with us and let oh, us know. Something happened to me the other day. Do you want me to tell you about this thing that happened? If it's if it's quite quick. It's quite quick. I was sitting in the park on my own, having a cider, as you do, just catching up on on some friends, catching up with some friends, sorry. Catching up on some friends. On some friends. And um, I, I was, it was like qu- quite close to a pathway. And it was just me, as I said, because I'm cool like that. Like, you know, Je- Jeremy, when he goes, oh, she thinks, goes to that cashier with a four, <laughs> with a four pack of cider, goes, she probably thinks I'm like Pete Dockett or something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm sitting we there. Should, we shouldn't. Uh, by the way, what Mars just referenced, if you're not from the UK, is a is a. Is a uh, it's called Peep Show. Do check it out. It's on Facebook. Anyway, so then this uh, parade of uh, Black Lives Matter uh, people uh, walk past, and there's yeah. not there's not that many of them. I say there's about twenty or thirty of them, and they walk past down the path. No, listen. I think no, you shouldn't have lashed out at them. No, I was just getting to there, mate. I was just getting to that. And they stopped. The 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 lead the leader stopped. She had one of those um speaker phones. She turns to address the park, but because of her line of address, she's looking directly at me. And she's saying, You can't stay any quieter now. You have to join us. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. But it was just so awkward. She was looking at me directly at me like it was my problem like it was my fault like i was the one that should have got up and joined their party it's like guys i don't know what i need to tell you i'm not racist well this is what i'd say about mars he's not racist but he isn't fully for the harmony of races living together (laughs) i don't know um but i the guilt that you you received then i was just like oh god i know she's not i know she doesn't mean to she's addressing clearly addressing the park but it was a very, very like no one was like applauding or anything. I know, I know. Her eyes met my eyes, and I was just like, I can't handle this. I can't. Li- listen, listen. One thing I'd say is like, I, I would find it awkward, but the point of them going out right and doing that sort of thing is to make people feel awkward and feel like uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it's far like what they have to go through is is far worse than that. So if you if you feel uncomfortable that's when maybe you do stand up yeah. and start joining them they don't want to make you feel warm and comfortable inside and nor should they so yeah no. that's what so, so i think she, I a, she was also did i mention that she was also eating a prawn cracker <laughs> yeah and she was, oh. yeah i think my uh, mum's got a number <laughs> we are going to wrap up now um but something i like to do at the end of every show is to put two songs into our dj spinners library gary is flashing his uh turquoise ipod that no one has anymore uh basically every week gary and i choose two songs that are either related to the show or maybe just songs that we like or things that um favorites whatever it is and you we can make those available on our spotify playlist which is called the detroit playlist Spotify. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. So, a song I really like. It's a huge hit, so it's got. Over, I think it's got over a billion views on on YouTube. But so it's not like I'm I'm telling you about a hidden gem. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna do that. It's he it's Dell. Someone like you. I love it. Oh, it's a great song. It's alright for you, it's mate. Right. It's for you. Someone <laughs> like someone like, like me. Someone like me, but not quite not, me. Not you. Like that. Um, <laughs> So this weekend would have been Glastonbury. Oh, I went yeah. to Glastonbury 
Yeah, it would have been this year. And BBC's doing a whole thing on it. I went. I've only been to Glastonbury once in 2011. It was it was great. And uh, particularly for this uh, particular song memory that I'm gonna plop into our library, which was um at the park stage there was the surprise announcement that Pulp were gonna be performing. Uh, and I'm a huge Pulp fan, as you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, when they came on stage, like I just it was probably one of the most memorable gigs of my life. Just so, seeing so, Jar. Could I just ask so? Was it so secret that you didn't know until that, literally until they came yeah. out? No, literally, they, they, they tell you the, the act of that. It's like a secret act. And they give you about, they announce it at the start of the day. So you've got about six hours to get ready for it. And and right. literally, there's only a limited amount of space. You've got to like so, leg so, it. So towards basically, the they, they told you, but in the morning of the show, that, yeah. would, that would, oh, that would perk me up. A it, bit. Was just, it was amazing. So I'm going to put in um, Pulp. Do you remember the da- the first time? Because I danced like an absolute tool to this song, and I I loved it so much. Yeah, great song. Uh, oh, I'm being I think, raided. I think that's the boring bell. I think it's time to it's, wrap it up. Um, absolutely. I, no, the boring bell went off. I think one minute in. <laughs> this has been the Detroit Spinners podcast with Mars Pennell and Gary Forrestal. Thank you for listening. Do get in touch with us at the regular ways. Tweet us at trout underscore de or on email and do email us please. Uh, trout dot de at gmail.com. Gary, do you want to add anything before before I, I press the stop button? That's that's Miles just doing his bit his in charge bit. He likes doing that. He likes he likes speaking in that tone at the end in the beginning particularly. You'll notice it. He wants to be in charge, especially since Andrew Phillips said you need an action and a reaction. He wants to be the actions. Anyway, yeah. You live and you learn. <laughs> no, um, yeah. Um, no, just to say thank you for listening. Appreciate it. Thank you for your email, Yusuf. Um, please do get in touch with us and um, yeah I'm a lookout on the Twitter because I might be tweeting some stuff myself <laughs> occasionally. But, but yeah but um, yeah thanks for listening and um, we'll see you with another one next week goodbye <laughs>